Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We are super excited today to be here with a guest, Amy Roberts of Raising Arrows. She is kind of a hero in the homeschool community, especially Christian homeschoolers. Um, We're excited to pick her brain a little bit about homeschooling and large families, two things we are very passionate about. So welcome, Amy. Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, so good to have you. It's really nice to have you. So Amy Roberts, um, she's from RaisingArrows.net. She's a Christ follower, a devoted wife, homeschooling mother of 10, blogger, podcaster, conference speaker, and author. So now you know why Bonnie and I were so anxious to get her on. (laughs) So Amy helps moms manage their large family homes and homeschools. So we're all fellow homeschoolers here. We're really excited to pick your brain on this one, Amy. But we'd like to start out our segments with a humor, with humor. So can you share something with us today? Sure. Um, besides the fact that my whole life is one big laugh most of the time, you know, you kind of have to laugh or you might cry. Um, <laughs> it's great. Having this many kids is fun, fun, fun. Um, but one thing that came to mind when you mentioned that was back in oh many, many years ago, my son, who is now 24, when he was four, he was acting like a four-year-old. I think he was like jumping down the stairs and he was sliding off the rails and he was just being just a crazy little kid. And I started to get onto him. I was going to reprimand him for whatever it was he was doing. And it was like, there was this niggling in the back of my mind where God said, he's acting like a four-year-old and you're getting ready to yell at him for being a four-year-old. And it was this turning point for me that it's not really funny, but it was a funny moment in my life where I went, wait, he's four and he's acting four and it's okay for him to act four. And it really changed the dynamic between my son and I, and then, you know, subsequent kids from there, I just, I realized that kids are kids and they do kid things and it is okay. Not everything is a battle not everything is a crisis. And especially as you get more and more kids and on down the road, not everything can be a crisis because you'll drive yourself crazy. You don't have the energy or time for that, for sure. (laughs) Oh, I love that. You know, we've mentioned that on the podcast before too, that uh, there's a big difference between disciplining for, um, you know, corrective behaviors, you know, correcting behaviors before they become a problem um, and just letting children be children. So what a, what a great reminder for sure. Okay. So for those of our listeners who do not know who you are or are not familiar with you, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your family? Sure. Um, my husband and I have been married since 1996 and, um, we have 10 children. Our oldest is 24 and our youngest is five and we have been homeschooling from the beginning. So when my son was about four and a half, my oldest, um, we started homeschooling and, um, we're very eclectic homeschoolers. So we use lots of different resources and products. And, um, we have been doing that now for 20 years and, um, we have moved a lot. My husband was in the military, still is in the military, but we had a civilian break there for a while. And we also moved a lot during that time frame. So I've been in lots of different houses, lots of different circumstances, 
And um, as the family has grown, you know, it's just, it's been um, a new adventure every single year of homeschooling, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to integrate all those different ages. I like to have us homeschool as much together as possible. And um, I just, I see it as a family growth experience for us and we just enjoy it immensely. And so um, that's kind of us homeschooling wise. And then um, as part of that, about 16 years ago, I started writing online um, about our different daily interactions as homeschoolers in a large family. And um, that's where Raising Arrows was born from, was just my experiences raising and homeschooling these kids. Ooh, that is a beautiful story. Yeah, that's really neat. That's just about, I'm like, there's so many similarities between your family and mine. Like our oldest is 24 and, and like all, all these similarities. So that's really fun. <laughs> so um, like with everything you have to do and all the moves in your busy life, as we know very well about with, you know, large families as well. How did you get started sharing your life online? Like what, what um, was your, what was the impetus that you were like, yeah, I'm going to add this extra thing to my plate with everything else going on? <laughs> So um, I have a degree in English. I went to college to write and read. And so when I came out of that, I already had a family. Um, my husband and I got married while we were in college. And then we had a baby while we were in college. And so when I settled down as a homemaker, um, I really wanted some sort of creative outlet. And our pastor's wife came to me and asked me to start writing for the church newsletter. So I did that, but then it was time for us to move. And when I left that area, I thought, what am I going to do now? I really wanted to continue to share and write, and it's just part of who I am. And at that point in time, blogs were brand new. Um, this was, like I said, 16, almost 17 years ago. And um, there were these little spaces popping up where you could write and just share your life. And so that's what I did. I started a little blog. And I think at the time I was pregnant with my fourth. And, um, you know, I was just telling a friend today that back then, you know, you said adding to my plate back then, all of my life was very physically hands-on. I was busy physically all day long, nursing babies, changing diapers, feeding kids, but mentally, you know, I, I was talking baby talk most of the day and there wasn't a lot of intellectual stimulation going on there. And so I think that was the intellectual conversation I was having at the end of the day. I was writing to whoever may read and it was it was a great outlet for me. And so that's how it all started. And then, you know, of course, blogs evolved from there to what they are now. But back then it was it was a very quiet, calm space. Yeah, that's so fascinating. You know, we are constantly telling our listeners that uh, self-care for mom is the most essential thing for a family survival. And it seems like at some point, most of us get to a point where we realize there's something lacking and it's usually a mental, emotional outlet where we can feel like a human being, an adult, and maybe even feel like we're contributing to something outside of ourselves. So I love that yeah. you found that in those early years. So what would you, so it seems like that's what, what benefited you the most from that blog in those early motherhood years. But what do you think has been the greatest blessing you've seen overall in your life um, due to your online presence? Just being able to be that Titus II woman and pay it forward all the things that God has 
shown me over the years and the way that he's bring brought women into my life, I think we are um, a very lonely culture these days. Um, we don't have the get-togethers and the clubs and the things that we're very much a part of our parents' and grandparents' generation. It's a lot online. And unfortunately, online is not quite the same as in person, but for many moms, that's all they have is what they get online. And so I think for me, the blessing has really just been being able to speak into other women's lives and share truth with them and help them to see that motherhood is beautiful and that it is not something that needs to stress you out. There are ways to keep that stress at bay and to enjoy these little years and the growth process. And, and as they get older and older, it just it's just a beautiful thing. And I want to share that with people. And I have seen over the years, I have readers who have been with me the entire 17 years. And it is so fun because our kids have grown up together. And, you know, I, I have people that I call friends that were reading clear back, you know, a decade or more ago. And so it's it's been a real blessing to have that online space and to be a part of a community that still has that Titus II feel to it, where we're sharing with one another and biblical truths. That is really, really special. Um, You know, that's kind of why one reason why Bonnie and I started the podcast together is because like we felt we had all these things to share and we wanted to it to be like as if we were sitting on a park bench and our kids were playing and here we're just kind of this groups of group of moms together chatting about you know this thing and that thing about motherhood and about kids and all that and um, it, it's really neat um, when we can see the things like that technology has opened up to us that we can share like we can we can connect and share like that we also know it's not all good (laughs) and we wanted you to talk about like some of the hardest aspects of having your life public online and like how you like how you manage that um some of the hardest things are simply being critiqued for little things um youtube is a brutal place um and people are sometimes unkind Um, And clear back when I had my seventh child, um, it wasn't YouTube, it was the blog itself. And I had posted a picture um, of my daughter holding the new baby. And she was just holding him in her lap while she read a book. That, That was it. Well, I got roasted online for this. My daughter obviously did not want to hold this baby. And here I had forced her to hold this baby. And I mean, you know, they read into a photo that, so that kind of stuff is hard and ugly and you kind of have to grow a thick skin and just realize there are some very bitter people out there who kind of just need Jesus. And that's really, they just are angry and, they're not ever going to have anything good to say. And you have to realize that it's okay. Just let it bounce off of you. I think at the time it affected me so much because I was dealing with postpartum depression at the time. And I think it just really ate at me. Um, But, you know, that was my own personal struggle that I needed to work through. I sometimes wonder if God brought that into my life so that I would work through the fact that I was feeling inadequate and, you know, somebody saying something to me like that, I, ha- I was forced to face the truth. And so th- those are the hard times when people say things, because 
I mean, generally, I'm a nice person and <laughs> I just want you to like me. Why are you not and, nice back? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, you know, those kind of things are hard in the online space. And I can see why children being online and being bullied online is is such a difficult thing because even as adults that happens you see it every mm-hmm. day and it's it's hard for a child so i mean it's hard for me so i imagine it is incredibly difficult for a child as well cuz internet can be brutal and that's something that we need to teach our children and also recognize ourselves that um god is bigger than all yeah. of that yeah i love that you mentioned that because it seems like one of the biggest downsides to the internet in general especially for us adults is looking for some sort of approval or happiness outside of ourselves. So, you know, we go to social media or online when we're dealing with anything negative, we go for an escape, you know, we're buffering through our emotions and we're scrolling and we come out either feeling bad about our own lives or, um, you know, feeling envious towards someone else's or just feeling inadequate because we are searching for someone to validate us outside of ourselves. And if we are looking for any for that anywhere other than from God, then we're going to be unhappy because we're never going to make everybody happy. No. <laughs> Nor no. are we meant to. So that's no. so great. Okay. So let's go back to those, those difficult times. You mentioned postpartum depression and guaranteed you've had some other struggles in your many years of raising children. When life gets difficult and sticky, where do you find your motivation, your inspiration to continue on and to keep trying to find the joy? Um, obviously my faith is a huge part of my life. Um, and because of that, I feel like, again, you know, there, there's something bigger than me and my issues. And I feel like, um, I also have all these other children, you know, that I need to keep going for, I need to show them that despite everything that comes at you in this life, that there is hope and you can have peace. Um, Sometimes it's simply our own expectations of ourselves that are what's wrecking us. It's not even somebody else. It's what we think we need to be doing. And really, you know, it's okay to eat off paper plates and it's okay to, you know, use paper towels and to not clean your house every single week. You know, it is okay. It will have, you know, life will continue on. And sometimes you do have to just survive. Um, I am definitely a list person. So when I'm feeling stuck, um, the my first response is usually to make a list and try to keep it very short you know, like three, four things. And there is so much accomplishment in just marking off a list. And if I can get three things done, you know, I have conquered the day. And so that is a lot of times where my, my motivation, how I motivate myself to keep going is just to make a short list and knock it out. Well, you're speaking Bonnie and I's love language here. We're list makers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it, it, like, um, that's, that's really good. Like sometimes if I can just get it out of my brain and onto paper, then it's more manageable. It's when it's like stuck in my head and I'm like, I have so much to do. I can't even, yeah, just write it down yeah. and just start. <laughs> yeah. And my husband is really good about if I come to him and I'm like, oh, this, this problem is ginormous. And he's like, no, it's not. Just don't do that. And don't do that. And just do that. Yeah. Oh, like, Okay. <laughs> You know, it's like I need permission, I guess, to not do certain things and to simplify it. And he's really good about not caring if he makes everybody happy. 
you know, I'm trying to make everybody happy. And when you have a large family and you're trying to make everybody happy, that's just a nightmare. You're not going to accomplish that. And then, you know, every in-laws and extra people and the people online and things like that, you just can't do it. And so I, I, a lot of times will go to him and take these huge problems and he can just kind of chunk it out. And so that's helpful as well. Um, just to realize that I don't have to do it all. I don't have to do it all by myself either. Maybe all of it has to be done, but I don't necessarily have to do it all Mm -hmm. by myself. Yeah, that's so good. Um, So we want to dive in now and talk more about homeschooling because we get a lot of questions and we know you probably get some of the same questions and have some good answers, maybe from a slightly different perspective that will be helpful to our listeners. So we want to talk about, all right, so you homeschool a wide variety of ages from five to whichever however however your oldest is that um, you are still educating so how do you how do you find balance in that like how do you spend enough time with each kid that is needing it and like how do you make curriculums work across um, just speak to that a little bit how you deal with the age differences. yeah Um, We have always come together at the beginning of the school day um, for, I, I didn't call it morning time until a few years ago, but it's, it's a morning time used to be, it was just um, Bible and a read aloud. And then I sent everybody off to their independent schoolwork. Now it's more than that. Um, We are doing history, geography, and some fine arts together along with our Bible and also a read aloud still. Um, And that is everybody, all ages. So I have a senior this year in high school, all the way down to a kindergartner. And um, we come together at the beginning of the day. We go through those things. Some of it, they're not catching. The little ones aren't catching at their level, but they're there. They've got a coloring page or they've got their Paw Patrols and they're playing on the table while they're listening. They'll get all of this again when we cycle back through Mm because we do. History is the backbone of a lot of what we do. So our literature is based on that. Our geography is based on that. And so we're reading through history all together. And I kind of start, I, I, I try to teach to the middle grades. So like my junior high students are the ones that the material is mostly for. And then I'm adding in harder literature for my older kids and harder assignments for my older kids. And then the little kids, I'm letting them come in as they can and understand what they can, but I'm not requiring a lot from them. I do assign them some little picture books and things like that. Um, I do like to do projects periodically with just my little kids. I realized a few years back that I had grown up with my big kids (laughs) and I had done all the fun things. And as they got older, I sort of forgot this group (laughs) down here. And I realized that I needed to do some fun things with them. And so I actually took um, what I call a Jubilee year and I had graduated my oldest and um, I just, I took a Jubilee year and we took an entire year off. It was also the year that my husband was deployed. And so um, we hunkered down and we did fun things. We did fun curriculum and we changed it up. We just turned homeschooling on its head and did something totally different. And I catered more toward the little kids and we had so much fun, so much fun. And um, so we're actually planning on doing another Jubilee next year. And um, it's just a nice way, I think, for me to take a break as well and Mm -hmm. do something different than what I've been doing. When you've been homeschooling this long, 
you can kind of get in a rut and feel like I have been doing this forever and I still have forever to go. And so <laughs> it's nice to, it's nice to change things up. And um, so that's what we did. And right now though, we're kind of in that same cycle of we're finishing up modern history. We're doing that all together. And then they go off to their independent schoolwork and I stay with my little girls at the table. They're the ones who are still learning to read, still need help with their math. And I am focused on their seat work. And we just work through that. It takes, I don't know, 30 minutes maybe. And then they go off and play. I check on all the other kids. But for the most part, by the time they are nine, 10 years old, all of their independent schoolwork, they can almost completely do on their own. Um, I've trained them toward that. I'm using resources that allow for that. Um, So like their math is online. And it just has made it where I have a little more bandwidth to spend with the kids all day long. Anything that I can take off my plate um, allows me to spend energy in places that I want to spend energy and in things that I'm good at. I think homeschool moms are really hesitant to recognize that there are things you are very good at. And then there are things you are not so very good at. And the things that you are good at, capitalize on that. If you are a projects kind of mom, be a projects mom and get some of that other stuff off your plate so that you can be the projects mom. Or if you're the science mom or whatever it is, be that and take those Mm -hmm. other things off your plate so that you can spend your energy in the places that you actually are passionate about and enjoy because that will make for a much more beautiful homeschooling experience if you're capitalizing on who God created you to be. Oh, I love that. We've talked about that briefly before too. Uh, A lot about that in business. Like when we are building a business, we have specific strengths and oftentimes we think, why don't I don't do enough of this? I should go out and learn how to do that. No, you should probably just hire it out, (laughs) you know, or have a teenager take care of that or whatever it is because yeah, God gave you your strengths for a reason. And if you spend all your time trying to learn things that you're weak at, not to say that we shouldn't be improving ourselves, but when you are good at something, you hyper-focus on that and your kids get the best of you, right? Yes. yes. I also love what you're saying about the little kids. I think I shared this on a different episode, but uh, we drove past the zoo a few weeks ago and I said, oh, look guys, it's the zoo. And my five-year-old said, what's the zoo? <laughs> I said, what are you, are you kidding me? I've been to the zoo a thousand times. <laughs> Apparently not with you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, five-year-old. I guess we'll have to go to the zoo. Here's <laughs> I'm so tired of the zoo. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. Oh, I, I loved everything you said. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit to the moms who <clears throat> are maybe struggling a little bit, who have gotten to a survival mode part of their life or that they do feel like they are just so overwhelmed with whether it's homeschooling or just being a mom in general. Any mom who's struggling with that overwhelm or that feeling of burnout, what is your number one suggestion to them? What thing would you like to share with them to help them get out of that rut? I think it's best to start removing things from your plate um, and looking for the one thing, because I think there's always one thing, if we can really hone in and focus, there's one thing that is really bothering us. Um, typically we try to grab a bunch of things, but really, if we were to think about it seriously, there is probably one thing that if it just disappeared and it, it, not that it can disappear, but you think in your head, if that went away, then everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that thing probably can't go away, but especially what, if it's the kids, right? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Was saying, not the kids. Keep <laughs> you know, them. Home- 
it's that joke, you know, homeschooling would be so much easier if I didn't have children. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can't do that. So what is the thing, though, even hone in further, if it is the kids, what is it about the kids? Are they loud? Um, Are mealtimes chaotic? Mm -hmm. Are you having trouble getting them to bed? You think, really, what is that one thing that if you could start there and fix that, then you could move on from there and it, things would be much better. Um, for me, it was food. Meal times were always just a pain. There, you know, they wanted to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. And I did not have the brain power for that like day after day. So I had to figure out easy ways. And that's what we did. We went to breakfast. I always had certain breakfast foods on hand. You get it yourself lunch, except for the little ones. And I would help them, but there's only like, you know, three or four who needed me to help them. Not everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, lunch was always soup, salad, and sandwiches. I always made sure I had that or leftovers. I always made sure I had those things on hand so we could quickly pull together sandwiches. We could quickly warm up soup. Um, so that took two meals off my plate. They were easy, easy. I didn't have to think about it. Um, and then from there, dinner, I just kind of made a set, you know, we're going to, until I got through that rut, we made kind of a set routine of, you know, this is on this night and this on this night until I could get past some of that. And eventually you do start to feel like you've got breathing room. And, and if, you know, if you need to take a break, like with homeschooling, if you're trying to do all the things and here at the beginning of the school year, Moms are so bad about that. We have filled our schedule to the brim with all these want to activities and want to subjects. And then we get like, what, two days into it. And we're thinking, this is crazy. I can't do this. And you're right. You can't. So if you can start, you know, taking some of that stuff out, getting down to the basics, doing just what you feel like you can manage and not feeling guilty about not having the extras, they'll come. It'll be fine. Just get through and get that routine. If you can get a a mindless routine down, I call it autopilot. Mm -hmm. If you just get to where you do this, then this, then this every single day, Mm -hmm. it will be autopilot. And that's when your brain doesn't have to think about it anymore. And you can start adding in the other things. I don't, I don't recommend that homeschool moms start out with this huge full blown schedule at the beginning of the school year, because it's too much. Unless you've been doing that year after mm-hmm. year, it's too much. You've got to start slow. And again, lower your expectations too. We used to have a family friend who said I was having a bad day until I lowered my expectations. <laughs> it is the truth. You can change a bad day to a good day simply by telling yourself, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that thing that I'm telling myself I have to do. And I know a lot of times there are so many things that we feel like we have to do Um, that if we just stepped back and realized, you know, some of those things don't matter. And, um, there are going to be times in our lives when we're going to have things that are, um, very much urgent and very important and we have to get them done. And in those cases, you have to take other things out to fit that in. And so that's, that's where I am. Um, I am also the mom who we aren't, we aren't involved in extracurricular, um, sports because there's, it's too much for me. Um, they, they play games and they play with their friends, but I cannot be the mom who runs around and takes them to sports and activities and things like that. I'm just not able to be that mom. 
Um, some moms can do it and they've taken other things out of their lives mm-hmm. in order to do that. And so you can't look at other moms and, and think, well, why am I not doing that? Because they've probably sacrificed something else. Mm-hmm. And there it goes, it goes back to that respecting who you are as a family and who you are as a mom. And if you yeah. can't do certain things, you gotta be okay with that. Oh, those are such wise words. <laughs> and just side note here, our, our real tagline on this podcast is lower your expectations. We say it like every episode. <laughs> I said it for you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. That those are such, those are such wise things. Wise counsel. Like um, if you're overwhelmed, if it's too much for you, it's because it's too much for you. Right. Like, yeah. Overwhelm. It's too much. And, yeah. and so that's such good advice. Like just, yeah. Where is that one thing that's bothering you? Yeah, and no apologies. No apologies. Mm-hmm. If you if you can't do it, you can't do it. It's mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You have to be in good condition to take care of your family's basic needs. Like, you know, there, and then you can add to that, like, what whatever you prioritize next. So we wanted to ask you one last question. Like, what does self care look like for you? We'd love to encourage that in our audience and moms because it helps us be so much better moms. So we want to know what, what, what do you do for self-care? So, um, I've had a love hate relationship with self-care over the years. I think I I didn't take care of myself very well for a very long time, but I also realize as a large family mom, um, a spa day is like not a thing. You, you really can't do that. You can't go out with friends all the time and go have coffee. Um, now that they're getting older, I can do things like that, but I had to learn how to have a mom break in my own home with my own people. And part of that, like right now, every morning I eat breakfast on the deck. I have a cup of coffee on the deck. Um, there, it's not uncommon for me to take lunch on my own in my bedroom just to give me 15 minutes and start over. Um, I also will sometimes just step out into the garage and, you know, mom needs five minutes to just think. And because I am, um, I'm an introvert. And so I have realized about myself that um, I do need peace for a minute here and there. And sometimes all it is is just five minutes. I need just five minutes of a little bit of quiet. And the kids have learned that about me as well, that sometimes mom just needs us to be quiet for just a little bit. And they're willing, you know, five minutes is not a big deal. Um, And so those are some of the things that I do. And it helps me to get back into the game. I feel like Whatever you do to refresh yourself should actually refresh you and not make you long to leave again. Mm -hmm. It should be something that actually energizes you to get back in the game. Mm -hmm. That's a true mom break and self-care because we do have to work. We do have to continue to, you know, be mothers and be homemakers and be wives and do these things. Um, They are good things. But if you're taking breaks that leave you wanting more and more and more of the breaks, you're taking the wrong breaks. Mm-hmm. And that's where like my breakfast on the deck, it's, it's what gets me going and I am ready for the day. And all it took was sitting out there with, you know, the birds and, <laughs> and the trees. That's beautiful. I think it's so funny that there are three introverts on this call and each of us have <laughs> nine or 10 children. Like you think that we learn if we want to be alone. <laughs> That was not the way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
But like you say, it is an excellent way for God to teach us some very important lessons. And that is how to take care of ourselves. And I love what you're saying about the the breaks too, is that it's a very unique position we have as mothers where our job is also the love of our life, right? Like we love these children. We want them to be a part of our life. And yet it's also our work, right? And so um, to have that, that very balanced ability to go out and take a break from the work, but also realize that I still love my children. I still want to be with them. Find something that, like you say, invigorates you, energizes you, makes you want to come back and be a better mother rather than just keep escaping. That's a very tempting thing to do for sure. So thank you so much for sharing that. So Amy, are there any final words that you want to share with our audience? Yes, absolutely. Um, One of my passions is honoring the unique family that God gave you, recognizing, like I said before, that you know, you're the mom that you are, and you're the mom that God gave to your kids at this time in their life. He gave you the kids in the order he gave them to you in. He ordered your family. He put it together and he put you on a certain path. And it is not the same path as your neighbor or your homeschool mom friend or the lady at church. It's your path following your God And if you just need to walk it and recognize that it's not going to necessarily look like anybody else's path, you can learn from other moms, but your circumstances and your family are very unique to you. And that is exactly how God created you and your children. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. There it, there really is so much of our own individuality and our own strengths that our family and the world need from us. And we can only get there if we hyper-focus on what God has in store for us and not our neighbors. Love that. Yeah. All right, Amy, I know that our audience is absolutely loving um, hearing from you and wants to get to know you more. Can you share where they can find you online if they're not already, uh, haven't already found you? Sure. Um, I'm blog at raisingarrows.net. And you can pretty much find me at that handle pretty much everywhere. I'm Amy Raising Arrows on Instagram and Facebook is Raising Arrows there. And then I'm also on YouTube um, with the Raising Arrows channel. And my podcast is also Raising Arrows. So you can pretty much just Google Raising Arrows. And if you see my face, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. And come watch her on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast because she's got an infectious smile and is love. (laughs) been so fun to talk to you, Amy. Thanks again so much for joining us. And um, we are so appreciative to hear from you. And hopefully you guys have all learned something from her as well. Um, And we will talk to you next week. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.